0: Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. Hey church, we want to welcome you to our online experience. Whether you're watching from YouTube, Facebook, or the online platform, we want to welcome you and thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, Every year, towards the end of the year, I start to pray and ask God for a word, for a theme, for a scripture for the upcoming new year. Uh, Proverbs tells us that when there is no vision, the people perish. And this practice has helped me gain vision and perspective for the coming year and has given me the ability to walk away from the success and failures of the past year and start fresh. Uh, If you had a horrible 2020, God wants to do something new in you and through you this year. If you had a wonderful 2020, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more in you and through you this year than he did last year. God is a God of redemption and second chances and clean slates, and I'm so, so grateful for that. If you didn't fulfill any of your goals last year, I want to encourage you today, you can start fresh this year. If you stopped going to the gym midway through January last year, this is your year to get plugged into the gym. If you gained 10 pounds instead of lost 10 pounds last year, this is your year to lose that 20 pounds. If your, if your journal went blank last year, this is your year to start journaling. As I started praying about the word for this year, I was also keenly aware of how different this year is from years past. All of us are going through a major transition with us Uh, My wife and I taking the helm of leadership here at Dream Center, uh, and the former pastors leaving. We're marrying two wonderful, beautiful church communities together for the glory of God in this city. We're, in a sense, blending families, and when you blend families together, it's not always seamless. It, It can be messy, there can be misunderstandings, there can be hurt feelings, there can be confusion. So as we're walking in this brand new season of two communities coming together, this is what we all need to understand is undergirding this process. This was not my idea or Pastor Priscilla's idea or Pastors Brad and Stella's idea. This idea was and is God's idea. God is in this and God has ordained this and orchestrated this transition to happen and I truly believe that with all of my heart. So if we're fighting against this, what we're really doing is we're fighting against what God wants to do in this season. So I say all that to say this, this is the word God gave me for our community this year uh, of 2021. He, he spoke to me and he said, this is the year of resistance. 2021 is the year of resistance. God is calling our community to be a holy resistance to the rhythms The systems, the worldviews, and the ideologies, and the way of life of this world. He's calling us to be a Jesus-honoring resistance. He's calling us to resist the pleasures of this world for something far greater and far more fulfilling. He's calling us to resist the things that will ultimately pass away for the things that will live forever in eternity. He's calling us to resist the good for the great. But before we go any further, let's define the word resistance. The, the word resist means to withstand, strive against, or oppose. It's to refrain or abstain from especially with difficulty. It's to act in opposition. And as I was researching the definition of resistance, I came across Electrical resistance, and I thought it was very, very interesting. Resistance in electricity is a property of a conductor by virtue of which the passage of current is opposed. Another word for this is ohmic resistance, named after a German philosopher. Here's what I see and feel right now, and sometimes for me, it's hard to articulate and communicate what I'm seeing and feeling, but I'm going to try to do the best that I can do to, to communicate to you what I'm seeing and I'm feeling in this season. Uh, there, what I see and feel is that there is a current, similar to an electric current, which is simply electric charge in motion. I see a current um, in motion right now running through the fabric of our nation that consists of anger, it consists of hatred, it consists of suspicion, And it consists of vitriol and bitterness and all of these things kind of mixed together. I see a current flowing through the fabric of our country right now. And I know what some of y'all are thinking right about now. If you identify with a certain political party, what you're thinking, is the people on the other side. It's their fault. But let me be straight up honest with you. The current that is flowing through our nation is flowing through both sides of the political spectrum. This worldly current is flowing through both conservatives and liberals and Christians and unChristians alike. This week, a pastor posted this on their social media about the current sweeping through the church right now, and I just had to share it. Pastor, I'm leaving your church. Because you don't speak out against racial injustice enough. Because you don't speak up about abortion. Because you don't call out Black Lives Matter for being Marxist, socialist, anti-traditional family. Because you don't call out Donald Trump supporters for supporting a lying, arrogant, egotistical, divisive man. Because you don't tell the truth about the dangers of the liberal agenda with the LGBTQ+, plus abortion, religious intolerance, and anti-Israel because you don't condemn white supremacy enough, because you don't call out the rioting and looting in the protests, because you don't call out the thugs that rampage the Capitol, because you don't teach about prophecy and the end of the world upon us, because you don't take COVID seriously enough, because you didn't open the church sooner, because you opened the church and endangered people, because I don't feel the spirit on the live stream at home, because you talk too much about politics, because you didn't talk enough, about politics. He goes on to say in the post, the enemy teamed up with social media, quarantine, and confusion is working hard to give you a case for you to leave the beloved bride of Christ, his church. He wants to embitter you towards other believers who belong to Christ. Stay steady, stay in prayer, stay in love, abide in him. I'm encouraging believers all over America, stay planted, stay open to receiving what God has for you in your church. We need to be about the business of the kingdom of God, unquote. Church, I implore you to not take the bait. And I know the bait is so tempting. It looks so good to take, but I'm telling you, I'm imploring, I'm pleading you not to take the bait. Being a pastor right now can at times feel like an impossible task because in a city like ours, it's inevitable that you have people on both sides politically who think their side is absolutely right, and it's so black and white that they can't see anything in between. But my job isn't to agree with your political takes. My job is to spiritually shepherd you, and that's what I'm going to do. So there will be times that I make you mad, and hopefully there will be times that I make you glad. But I will always try to stay faithful to the Scriptures. Going back to electricity, I discovered that ohmic materials have a resistance that is independent of voltage and current. Materials like metal that allow electricity to flow through them easily are called conductors, while materials that do not let electricity flow easily through them are called resistors. Plastics, for example, are good resistors because they put up a high resistance to electrons flowing through them. So, the most practical example of electric, uh, electrical resistance that I can think of would be our TV sets. For example, suppose you want to lower the volume on your television, you turn down the volume knob or you go to your remote and you turn the volume knob on your remote, you start to hit the down button and uh, the sounds get, the sound gets quieter, right? But how does that happen? Well, the volume knob is actually part of an electronic component called a variable resistor. And if you turn the volume down, you're actually turning up the resistance in an electrical circuit that drives the TV's loudspeaker. When you turn up the resistance, the electric current flowing through the circuit is reduced. So with less current, there's less energy to power the loudspeaker so it sounds much quieter. We need men and women who are followers of Jesus in this time and place to be a peaceful resistance, lowering the volume, in a sense, down on the loud, divisive, polarizing, angry, hateful, suspicious, lawless voices in our country right now. Some of us are just, all we can think of is what's going on in Washington right now. All we can think of is getting on our news network of choice and, ha- and seeing what's happening and getting all riled up. But we need Men and women, we need a remnant that has the heart of God, that is a peaceful presence that will resist this current that is just flowing rampantly in our country right now. As Christians, we are called to be separate from the world. We are called to be set apart. We are called to to not be conformed to this world. This current that is passing through our nation right now, Christians have a choice to make. We are going to either be conductors or resistors to this worldly current, and we have to make that choice of what we're going to be. Are we going to allow the flow to pass right through us and perpetuate it, or are we going to resist it and take a stand for righteousness? Listen to this statement by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 21, which is our rallying cry for this year. He says this, Do not be overcome with evil but overcome evil with good. Paul often separated his letters into two sections. Uh, the, the, he, he separated his letters into a doctrinal section and then a practical section. He would teach theology and then he would tell us and write about how we can practice the, what he just taught us about the, the theology and the doctrines that he was sharing with the church. Uh, in Romans, for example, if we truly take heart, the gospel... That Paul lays out in chapters 1 through 11, uh, we will have a transformed heart and worldview that affects our behavior. So, chapter 12 in the letter to the Roman church is the start of Paul's section on practically how to walk out all he was teaching the Roman believers leading up to that in chapters 1 through 11. And he says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, meaning we don't simply resist evil by abstaining but we resist or overcome evil with good works. When I say God is calling us to resist the systems and rhythms of this world, I'm not talking about a passivity where we just allow what's going to happen to happen around us and individually just resist it happening to us. That's not what I'm talking about. Resistance is an intentional action. Resistance is proactive Resistance is us resisting with good, with godliness, and with Christian love. I see so many Christians right now expressing anger at the evil that they see or perceive to see around them, yet that's where it begins and ends with them. There's no effort to then overcome evil with good. Instead, I see them overcome with evil. I see them overcome with hatred. I see them overcome with anger. So as we're walking into 2021, how do we be a people of resistance? How do we walk out, verse 21, and overcome evil with good? Well, we're going to walk through Romans 12 together this morning. And so, point number one in how we're going to be a people of resistance is this. We resist the current of conforming to this world. We resist the current of conforming to this world. Romans 12 and verse two says this do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the, the that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The word conform that Paul uses here is the Greek word suskemotiso. And it means to form or shape or fashion one behavior to a system or a particular pattern or set of standards. This Greek word is only used here and in 1 Peter 1:14 1, in the New Testament where Peter says as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. The apostle Paul is saying that there is a pattern, that there is a system that the world operates in, but as believers we are shaped, formed and fashioned by the pattern of the gospel. That means because we have received mercy and grace from God through Jesus, we are not to be conformed to the patterns, the systems, the thoughts, the ideologies, the way of life of this world. We are part of a different kingdom. So, okay, let's get back to our text. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal. Of your mind. This transformation through the renewal of our minds is a sort of reprogramming of our minds, which is a lifelong process. The theological term for this is sanctification. And in this process, we we start to, to think and we start to uh, be transformed into thinking the way God thinks. Some of us need to allow the Spirit's work of mind renewal. Right, We need to allow that because we are falling into allowing the world to conform our mind instead of the Spirit renewing our minds. Uh, Let me say it this way. If you're not allowing the Spirit to renew your mind, then you're being conformed to this world, to the patterns of this world in one way or another. So how do we become a people of resistance? We resist the current of conforming to this world. And number two, we find in verse number nine, Paul tells us, let love be without hypocrisy. He says, let love, let your love as Christ followers be without hypocrisy. My second point is this resist the current of hypocritical love. What does Paul mean when he tells us to let our love be without hypocrisy? He means don't pretend to love people, actually love people. He's saying don't be fake, don't be phony. Don't come with facades, but be real in your love for other people. Let your love flow out of God's love for you. And when you do that, your love will be genuine and sincere. Continuing with verse 9, Paul says, Let love be without hypocrisy, detest hate what is evil, and cling to what is good. A genuine love hates evil when it's not advantageous or expedient for you to hate it. Even when it's controversial for you to hate it. Jesus was ridiculed and slandered for eating with sinners and tax collectors, but that's what love required of him. Jesus, by his love, care, and friendship of these people with a bad reputation in the Jewish community, was confronting the evil of pride and self-righteousness in the hearts of the religious people of the day. A genuine love free of hypocrisy will hate evil even when it's being perpetuated through the folks in their beloved political party. A love free of hypocrisy means we love folks who see the world differently than us, who voted for a different candidate than us, people who are from a different social status than us, people who are different skin color or a different culture than us. If you're a follower of Jesus and you can't truly and genuinely love someone who disagrees with you, you are being hypocritical and your political ideologies have become your God. If you can't truly, genuinely love someone that is from a a different train of thought when it comes to their political ideas, if you can't can't love them, my friends, that's hypocritical and that, that ideal, that political, whatever, ideology has become your God. Think about this. Christianity is an enemy love religion. That's what it is. What did Jesus say on the cross? When he was on the cross about to die, what did he say? Did he say, go storm the temple and get revenge on all the religious folks that did this to me? No, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Christianity was born out of enemy love. In verse 16 of Romans 12, Paul tells us that a hypocrisy-free love looks like associating ourselves with people of lower position than us. Don't treat people who are wealthier or more influential better than people who can't do anything to expand your platform. That's what Paul is, is saying a hypocrisy-free love looks like. It looks like enemy love. It looks like treating everybody regardless of their social status or their skin color or, or, or their last name or, or the amount of zeros they have at the end, end of their bank account. It's, it, it's not giving preferential treatment based on social status. That's what a hypocrisy-free love looks like. And then point number three is this, of how we become a people of resistance. We resist the current of contention. We resist the current of contention. Romans twelve eighteen says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. In his commentary on Romans, Douglas Moo says this about this verse. Paul acknowledges that much such conflict is unavoidable by adding to his exhortation to be at peace the double qualification, if possible, to the extent that it depends on you. But Paul does not want Christians to use the inevitability of tension with the world as an excuse for behavior that needlessly exacerbates that conflict or for a resignation that leads us not even to bother to seek to maintain a positive witness. If I'm just being completely honest with you today, our country has had a rough, rough last 10 or 11 months. It's just been tough. It's been hard. It's been difficult. Some of you have gone through hell over the last several months. Some of you have had tremendous loss over the last several months. A ton of people have lost their jobs. Lots of people have lost family members. I myself have lost a cousin to COVID, and and, and another one of my cousins has been in the hospital for a month dealing with COVID. We had the most contentious election in my lifetime, followed with the recent events that transpired at the Capitol. We have racial unrest. We've experienced upheaval with our social lives. We've been stuck at home. We haven't been able to gather at church together. We had a season where where uh, restaurants opened up and then they closed again. The schools opened up and then they closed again. It's like every time we get a rhythm, our rhythm just gets completely ripped away from us. There's so much uncertainty right now. And we're just it's just been a difficult, difficult last 10, 11 months. But despite all that we've gone through over the last several months, can you say with honesty that you have, as far as it depends on you, lived peaceably with all? Can you honestly say that about yourself? Have you, as Paul exhorts us in another one of his letters, lived worthy of the gospel in this season? Try to be as objective as possible and think about what your witness is like right now to unbelievers watching you? Because they are. They're watching what you post, they're watching how you respond, they're watching what you share, they're watching your behavior when they see you in person. What what, what is your witness like right now? Your witness of the gospel? What is it like? What what would unbelievers, what would unbelievers think about your representation? of Jesus right now. Lord, give us the spirit of resistance. Lord, help us resist the current that is in motion in this world, the current of violence, vitriol, and vilification. We need the Lord to give us his peace so that we can be peacemakers in this world. Jesus called peacemakers blessed. That is who we are supposed to be at all possible with us. We are supposed to try to live at peace with everyone. Jesus called us to be peacemakers. Would people describe you as a peaceful presence, or does contention, strife, and conflict follow you? Next week, we're going to continue our resistance series and talking about how to resist the the worldly flow of motion that has infiltrated the church. We're going to spend a couple weeks talking about this and laying this this vision of what God wants us to be out. So uh, make sure that you are just dialed into this as we're laying a framework for the rest of the year. God has called us to a different current. The current from the gospel makes us the light of the world. The church is not supposed to be a perpetuator of darkness, but a pillar of life, a city set on a hill, a light shining in this present darkness. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8 uh, and verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There is a different current that should be flowing out of the follower of Jesus. Jesus will never lead us into darkness. He will always lead us into light. If you are acting out in a way that is promoting darkness, you are not following Jesus, my friend. As I'm about to close today, listen to what Swiss theologian Karl Barth said. The church exists to set up in the world a new sign which is radically dissimilar to the world's own manner and which contradicts it in a way which is full of promise. That's our calling as the bride of Christ. To be different, to be set apart, to, to, to resist the current of the world in a hopeful way. The the calling of the church is to be a peaceful presence. It's it's to be a joyful presence. It, it's it's to be it's to be a people of rest in the midst of uncertainty and chaos and contention and confusion. That's the call of the church. Um, for two thousand years ago, that was the call, and it's the call today. And that is what God is inviting all of us into today. As we become a people of resistance in 2021, we will, just to recap, we will resist the current of conforming to this world. And instead, we will be uh, transformed by the renewing of our minds. We will, number two, resist the current of hypocritical love, we're gonna we're gonna love with a genuineness. We're gonna love with an authenticity. We're gonna we're gonna love with a rawness and a realness that 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 man. When people are around us, they can feel the love of Jesus emanating through us because we're so grateful. We're so grateful that Jesus took uh, our judgment upon Himself. That that he became poor so that we could become rich. He, he took on our sins so that we could receive his righteousness and be reconciled to God the Father. And when we truly get a revelation of what that means, the love of Jesus should flow through us and emanate through us to our relationships, right? When we show up on the scene, our presence full of the Spirit of God should, should be a peaceful presence. It should be a joyful presence. It should be a, a, just a generous presence. Like that should be what marks us as Jesus followers because we've been marked with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we resist the current of hypocritical love and finally we resist the current of contention. Walking in this will result in us being countercultural. And God will ask us to respond in ways that may seem counterintuitive at times this year. But God is with us and He's going to help us walk this out. And we're going to walk this out together. Amen. Grace and peace, church. Let me pray for you. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about The Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.